Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10 at 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And we get together via a video call each week and stream live to YouTube like this to keep you informed of what's going on in the world of HR and employment law. It's never dull, is it, Kimberly? <laughs> no, <laughs> even more so over the last couple of years. Absolutely. It was never dull before that, though. Yes. But Boris is kind of changing everything again, isn't he? I mean, what do businesses need to be thinking about? What's going on? Well, you know, what I'm thinking about is the, the, the announcement that the end of isolation is self-isolation is going to happen. Uh, clearly, we're moving towards a herd mentality. Uh, but that's a concern. You know, is that going to mean more people are off sick? We've already had a, an issue with staff absence with sickness. So I think some forward planning and some preparation mm. of what you're going to do in different scenarios if this does happen and yeah. that ends up with more people being ill. Yeah, I, I think we can say the change is going to happen. I mean, it was due to be the end of March. It now looks like it's going to happen probably in about two weeks' time, I think, if I'm reading it correctly. I think the aim is the end of school half term. There will mm -hmm. be no more isolation. Um, I, I guess I have mixed feelings. I mean, we're seeing more cases probably than we've ever seen before. Um, I think on Monday we had five temporary workers from just one client uh, report that they tested positive with COVID. Um, so we're seeing more cases than we've ever seen before. But it's not transferring to hospital cases and ICU cases and serious illness, is it? No, and certainly, you know, I can't remember what the percentage is, but the majority of people that are being hospitalised are the unvaccinated. 60%, uh, I think, was the number I saw. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's a, you know, further evidence for the benefits of being vaccinated. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I think we're going to see an upturn in staff sickness mm. because everyone will be sharing the the sharing, the, I was going to say the love, but it won't be love, it'll be the lurgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just reminded of what you did just before the call and accidentally <laughs> filled the screen with hearts at that point, Kimberly. Uh, Especially for Valentine's skills. Day, I think it was. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, in terms of where we're going on this, I mean, nationally, the numbers are falling. I think the last couple of days, case numbers, is, is horrific when I think this is low, but we're only in the 60,000 a day. Um, it isn't that many weeks since we were seeing 200,000 a day, yet in Hastings and Rother, they do seem to be rising still quite rapidly. So I think we're not necessarily online with the national trend right now. No, and I think the key things is to, you know, stick to the current government guidelines for now and then make a decision on what your policy is going to be going forward. Yeah. Might it be better for some of your people to take extended sick leave? That's another thing. What's going to happen with sick leave, statutory sick pay, um, which we need to bear in mind. But, you know, try and encourage people not to come in if they are ill, just to be on the safe side. Yes. As yet, I've not heard about any end to COVID SSP. But clearly, it's only going to be relevant if you have tested positive, if isolation's no longer happening from that point in February. Um, I guess the other side of it, there's a forget everything else that's going on in regulations. An employer 
has a legal duty to provide health and safety in the workplace and keep their people safe, for want of a better word. And the reality is that means risk assessments and that means understanding the environment. And it's still terribly simple. Most of us are proved we can work from home quite successfully. Over the weekend, one of my daughters uh, had a PCR test. And whilst we were waiting for the test results, I worked from home on Monday when I was due to be in the office building. It's easy, isn't it? Can employers not just continue using their common sense in that way? I think it depends on the industry that you're in, doesn't it? If you're largely office-based, then yes, that can be quite easy. But if you're in you know, two guys in a van going off to chop down trees or something, you know, you're very close to each other. So, you know, I would recommend that businesses continue with their, uh, you know, safety precautions. Mm. But it's not just about doing the risk assessments. As we know all too often, and a recent case demonstrated this, you've got to engage people and let them know that you're doing everything for their safety. You know, our favourite phrase, employee engagement. Yeah, but combined with testing so if employers continue to lateral flow test with people who they think are at enhanced risk for whatever reason then you can arguably manage and mitigate your risks and it's trying you as an employer need to come up with a clear approach as to how to navigate this and as you say it's then down to employee engagement isn't it yeah yeah, I think that's a lovely point to move on a little bit because, um, you know, when you talk about having a clear process and managing risk, I'm just thinking of tribunals. Um, and there's an interesting one. Yeah. There is, and it on face value seems to contradict one that we saw a week or so back. Yes, the one you're thinking of is the um, Quelch versus Richards. Uh, Quelch versus Courtier. Sorry, uh, that's uh, what I meant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, Nicholas Quelch was, and I think it was working in a kind of financial services, possibly investment management field. And this is early on in the pandemic. Um, 23rd of March, everyone was told to work from home. And so they did. And he was working effectively. His line manager reported him as being effective at working from home. And at some point, they decided to attempt to bring people back into the office, didn't they? Yes, and I think that's where it went horribly wrong. I think they uh, started doing that too soon. Um, And, you know, everybody was informed that they should be coming back. But um, uh, basically, Quelch had uh, an individual who was living with his girlfriend who was in the extremely clinically vulnerable category. Mm. And he was concerned about sharing, you know, catching germs and taking them back to her. Um, so as I understand it, he was informed that if he didn't take, if he didn't come back, uh, he should either take sick leave, holiday or um, on paid leave, um, but might be subject to disciplinary action, which he then was. Yes. Um, and there was something about him uh, postponing the hearing because the person he would have gone with wasn't available on that day. And so have I understood it correctly? They held the hearing in his absence. Yes, that's always a worry. That's not a good sign. It's not a good look, is it? 
It isn't. You know, you need to show, as we always say, Jason, you need to have a good process and follow it. Yes. Even if your process isn't good, you need to follow it. Yes. Um, and I think, you I know, mean, you've not only to... got to look, for example, at a tribunal process and those that have been unfortunate enough to be involved in a few of them know yeah. how often tribunals can be postponed because somebody isn't there. Yeah. And it's frustrating if you're the employer. Yeah. Because the tribunal just reschedules and reschedules and reschedules and will allow an individual maybe four or five chances at not attending on the day. Um, yeah. And on the one hand, it's incredibly frustrating, but you have to allow for people and assume that they might have a genuine reason. Exactly. And, you know, are there alternatives such as could they have run it on Zoom, which, you know, you and I, we know only too well how many disciplinaries and what have you we've done on Zoom Absolutely. over the last couple of years. Um, but yes, instead, they went ahead, dismissed him for gross misconduct on the basis that the business had lost all faith and trust in him. Yes, yes. There wasn't a... been obstructive yes. and unwilling, yes. I think is the, uh, the phrase there. There wasn't an appeal process, um, which clearly was unsuccessful. Um, but the tribunal was very interesting. Tribunal clearly found that he had been unfairly dismissed. Um, there was a pot of damages, I think it was about 15,000. So, you know, reasonably significant claim for an employer. But as you say, this kind of conflicts with the recent one we saw, doesn't it? It does. And there the a lady was um, dismissed. It, the tribunal's found reasonably um, because she failed to come into work because she was concerned about COVID. I don't know. You know, one key point of here is that at that point, um, this man was following government guidelines yes. was not to go into the office and work at home if you can yes. so you know there was i that. think there's probably two key lessons here and one of them is about what's reasonable and i think you know you have to constantly try and step back and think what would an impartial person consider reasonable yeah. and that i think is the first point where they went wrong was not rescheduling that hearing and not considering fully his position. Yeah. The second and the point, law. <laughs> yeah. The second point was the working from home guidelines were there and he'd been perfectly effective. So what he was asking for was, again, not unreasonable. But yeah. my own suspicion, and I'm slightly conscious of time, but my own suspicion is that actually this case could still happen today even when the work from home guidelines are gone. Yeah. I don't know what well, your yes. thoughts are. Definitely. Well, you know, as a person in the vulnerable category myself, yeah. you know, I'm extremely concerned about the lack of self-isolation. And, you know, I'm lucky. You know, I'm a boss. I can work from home whenever I want to. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a lot more engagement around individuals yes. to understand their situation and, you know, provide reasonable adjustments where possible. Yes. It's to show you have a process and you've thought about, you've considered and you've worked with the individual rather than just said, no, that's not good enough. Yeah. And that's back to employee engagement, isn't it? What a note Absolutely. to end on. I think we've just slightly outdone our 10 minutes slot, Kimberly. So for, As always. <laughs> for today, we'll wrap up there. Um, thanks for watching and we'll see you same time next week.
Look forward to it. Goodbye. Bye-bye.